Welcome to a new edition of Through the Lens of Christ. How you doing, Steve? I am fine, Adam. How are you? Good, good, good. good. I am here with Steve Douster, and I'm Adam Baker, and we uh, we come together so that we can share uh, some good conversation. Um, and I say good because I enjoy it, and I hope Steve enjoys we, it. I enjoy it very much. And it's good. Uh, um, we also hope that other people gain something from it. So we um, we think that uh, having good conversation around things that happen culturally, around things that, um, how do we understand who Christ is? You know, he didn't, he didn't call us to live um, in a, we're called to be set apart, and we're called to be separate, but we still live in this world. And so how do we, the, the common phraseology is, right, how do we be in the world but not of the world? Mm-hmm. And it's important that that we do know that there's a lot of things happening around us, there's a lot of things happening in our lives, there's a lot of things that we cannot avoid. How do we also keep a good, right, biblical perspective and make sure that we see Christ as the center of all things? And how do we see like Christ and think like Christ and then obey and act like Christ? All that is wrapped into being a believer. Yeah, I mean, we're called to put on the mind of Christ. There's a podcast. Let's do that sometime. Big time. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the okay. So where we're going in, in these next couple of podcasts is there, there's a, a, a sea change culturally happening right now. Um, we're going to talk about community. Now, we're not necessarily community church, but the aspect of community. And the reason that we want to talk about it is, um, first, we're going to give in this first uh, pod, we'll give a conversation about the biblical aspect of community and why it's important. Um, but what we also really want to talk about is what's happening culturally to community, um, and how does that impact us and our relationship, not just with each other, but ultimately with Christ, and how should we be pushing back on that, or at least um, driving more deeply into community with other believers. So we're going to begin um, this conversation in this first pod talking about community and from a biblical perspective, why it's important. So any thoughts, Steve? <laughs> yeah, so unrehearsed again, here we go. Uh, first thought that comes to my mind is is just the phrase being in Christ. I mean, how what kind of community can we talk about just being in Christ as, as a group of believers in a family in Christ? I mean, in Christ is all-encompassing. So we are locked into some sort of a relationship because we're in Christ if we're believers. And and everyone else is outside of that relationship. So, so that's a key relationship, our relationship individually to Christ, but then our relationship to every other believer, both both now and in the past and in the future, who are really, in some ways, in Christ since the earth was created until mm-hmm. the end of the earth and the second age comes and the kingdom comes. We're all in this together as a, as a community. Yes, and um, the uh, imagery that he uses is the idea of the vine and the branches, right? Yes. That we we are grafted into this amazing family and that it's not accidental and we're not just some um, shoot that plants ourself into this um, vine, but rather that there is something beautiful happening and growing and that we're all connected, as you said, in Christ, that we're all together in this. So we're so we're we're inserted or we're planted into the into the vine, grafted in yes. the way the way the scripture uses the term, into the universal church, but also we're called to be a part of the local church as a group of believers fellowshipping together. So we were made for community in in close proximity to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's all over Scripture. I don't think that's just contextually because of history. I think that's that's is who we are to be as believers, no matter what time or place or you know context we're living in. 
Yeah, and I, I think I want to get into a little conversation about, you brought it up, but the idea of the body of Christ, why does he use that imagery of being a body? Um, but I even want to go back further to that and talk about this idea of the, the Trinity, right? The fullness of God, the Godhead. How do we see the Godhead in community and this aspect that we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this, um, while, while speaking about what we would theologically describe as different persons, but yet not independent, uniquely functioning persons, fully interconnected and, and intertwined in a way that that there's there's far more heresy around, and using the word heresy sometimes sounds so like like large, but heresy is just an incorrect understanding. And so the, the idea that there's so there's much more heresy around the idea of the Trinity than there is actual right knowledge around the Trinity, because it's really beyond our comprehension fully. But this idea that we, even from the beginning we see in, in Genesis, I think it's a 126 or 27, um, where where God's talking about creating uh, man, and he says, let us, right? And he right. says, let us create man in our image. And you you hear even from the very beginning this this community aspect of the Godhead, and I think that's that's powerful. Oh, that's super powerful. So that, that whole image of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that, that each one has its own role, each each person in the Trinity, but they all make up the whole, and they're in perfect communion with one another, perfectly happy together from all of eternity past to all of eternity future, um, just working in, in perfect harmony together. And that when we become believers in Christ and we're grafted into the vine, we get to participate in that same fellowship, in that same community. And even though it doesn't feel like it all the time, we see glimpses of it here on earth, but one day we'll be in that same type of perfect harmony, um, I think in, in an ecstatic community together with no division, no disappointment, everything. I don't, it's just an amazing thing that God loves us so much and brings us into that type of fellowship. That's pretty incredible to me. It is. In fact, at the very beginning when he's creating man, he says that it's not good that man would be alone. Sure. And so we use that from a standpoint of, of the need for marriage, and while that's true, it's bigger than that. It's this idea that man's not good to be alone, and that we should be together. He's designed us to be together. And then as man and woman, the first thing that he tells them to do is to be fruitful and multiply, right? And then he says, subdue the earth, right? Go go live together in community. Go live together as one, and now use that oneness and that community to reign over what I've created for you. And uh, I think there is this amazing imagery again about the importance of community. If it was good for us to be alone, we wouldn't be here. Well, I would be because I'm Adam. So <laughs> we can, right? But we, we wouldn't be here today, Steve, right? It, we would have right. just had some story that Adam would read himself about him and what happened at the beginning. But that's not what we see. No, it's an amazing parable of history that, that God orchestrates history this way so that it shows us what life will be like in the spiritual realm. So I think that's that's the way, in my mind, I think of that right there, is this is a, this is a living history that actually shadows and foreshadows the way it's going to be once we're in heaven in a spiritual sense, which will also be physical. So it's kind of like that added um, perfect physical dimension and then a perfect spiritual dimension because we're a complete person. We are not separate in physical and spiritual aspects, um, living that way in heaven forever in, in community. Yes, yes. So there's a there's 
what we see all throughout Scripture, then, as, as we've talked many times throughout this, this podcast, is the idea that we we're, we're see at the very beginning in the garden, we see this perfected state where God is creating exactly what He desires and what He wants and what He wills, and then we see the very end where God is now redeeming everything and, and causing it now again to be in His perfect state and perfect will and perfect communion. And in both of those ends, we see this imagery of, of worship together, and, yep. you know, we don't see... Um, worship examples in Revelation, at least none that I can think of, of these independent people worshiping, right? No. We see throngs of people coming together. We see the 24 elders. We see all these these created beings and people and all coming together to worship together. And I think that, again, the imagery that we're being given, and then all throughout Scripture, we're being taught how to live together in right relationship. As right. as fallen people with our own tendencies and, and sin nature and anger and frustration and sadness and depression and all the other things that, that are working to separate us, we're constantly being taught how to come back together as a family. Yeah, and I think of that in terms of personalities, too. So I think one per, one could say, oh, that's not like me to be in that type of fellowship or that kind of community. Mm-hmm. But but worship is a family event for every single believer, and I think it's it's built into every person to worship something. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter your personality. Don't matter, it doesn't matter where you live or what your background is. Worship is something that we do just by nature, and, and to do that together as, as, a, as a bond or, or a binding ourselves together in the faith in Christ, worshiping together, no matter who we are, personality-wise or context-wise, is something that everyone is about. Yes. Everyone's about. Yes. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no stipulation on if, you, if you're an extrovert, then you should come to church. Right. This is a model of we're all made individually, uniquely, wonderfully, fearfully made by the very hands of the potter. We know that. Yes. But he also did it for us to be together yep. and to be united together. And, and again, it's important, as you said, because we'll talk about uh, in the next pod about kind of the, the devolvement of community. But as you said, what is right community is being grafted together in the one true vine and being that family bound, tied together by the Spirit in Christ. Right. And I think about, if I could go a little further with that, I think about the body of Christ and each one of us being a member that's attached to the body. And you and I kind of talked about this at one point a week or so ago, you know, having having healthy members attached to the body. How close in community can you get, like, attachment? I mean, so, so not only attachment physically and spiritually that way, but also working together in concert with our own skills and unique abilities and personalities and traits mm-hmm. and, and knowledge and all that kind of thing working together. That's super close. And so so now I think about us as the church in community that way, and then those that are outside that body, um, can they come in and join the body? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the evangelism aspect comes up. And I was thinking about this this week. It seems like there are two different groups in the church that we should we should be really clear about. Those that are in Christ, that are believers, that we should be like, you should be a member of the church, or or you should be in, in covenant with us in some fashion, if we don't want to use the word membership. So I'm going back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And the others are like people that know they're not members of the church, nor are they believers. We should be trying to figure out, are, are, every time I look at somebody, are you a believer or not? Let's have a conversation, see where you are and where I can place you. Are you, are you someone that should be a member of this church, or are you someone that should be a member of the body, the the, yes. the universal body, and drawing them into Christ. And, and is, is that a place for you? Does God have this for you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that this week, and I thought it was it was helpful to me. 
at least. Yeah, well, and I think the idea, and again, as we, we talk even in our, our next pod about the idea of um, that we're all drawn to community, naturally drawn to community. Every one of us, made that way, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So regardless of believer or not, we're drawn to the sense of community, and it, it, it can be detrimental for us to join a church, right? For us to not have a faith in Christ, but feel like we've come and found a social club that we can be a part of. Yes. Uh, we talked about, I think we've gotten that a little bit in the membership idea, but that that is one of the fears, which I think is what you're driving to, is that as believers in Christ, we need to be careful that we're not selling membership into a social club, but that we're actually helping people understand who Christ is, right. and that that membership or covenanting is found in Christ. Yeah, because this this community is a very different community than any other community we're going to find in, in this world. Yeah. This is not only a physical community, it's also a spiritual community, and it's got an eternal end associated with it, and a specific worship associated with it, and a specific joining together um, in, the, in the vine and the branches and all those kind of analogies we want to use. It's very specific, it's unique, it's holy. Yes. Yeah, and... And not just that it serves a purpose of... Because all of these things are built ultimately to bring glory to God, right? So he he created us in community so that we can together bring forward purposeful worship so that we can bring glory back to God. But he always allows us to to benefit in some way from these relationships. And so I look at, if we look into uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and we see this idea of of people coming together and how a a person alone can fall, but two people together can stand firm, and that that two people together can help each other stand up and move forward and can uh, keep each other from falling. This is a, a, a three-chord strand or a three-strand chord is not easily broken. And this idea of community was created, yes, to to praise and honor and give glory to God, but it was also made so that we might be made strong enough so that we can give praise and honor and glory to God. Yeah, that's true. But I, you know, I have a concern about that because I think a lot of times we come and and, and we get it flipped. We we come for our own benefits and 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 the glory of God and, and the love of Christ is secondary. So so we come, I guess one way to say it would be we come because of Christ's benefits and not because of Christ. Christ has set up yep. the church, he set up the body for a specific purpose, like you said, to worship and glorify him. But sometimes we might come to church for um, social comfort and for, for friendship and, and just con- community together. And, and because I like this kind of talk, I like theology, I like the band, I like the worship music. And, and if that's what we're coming for, that's a serious problem. That's a, that's a, that's a deception and I'll say it the, the harsh way, yeah. that's a satanic deception. Mm-hmm. Um, because because if that's the key thing we're coming for, we're in a lot of trouble. Those things should be fruits of our worship of God, of our understanding of being with Christ in the body, our, our enjoyment of him, and those things come out of that. It doesn't go the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, And I would I interject, think. and um, Ashley can post this, but um, great book if you have like a year and a half to go through it. That's a long uh, time. The Whole Christ. Oh, so yeah. Sinclair Ferguson. Um, and I know Steve is a, a fan of this book. Um, but that that is a book that really talks about that aspect, right? Is that do we do we engage with Christ for the benefits of Christ, or do we understand the whole Christ? And are are we then in some way as a 
as a byproduct of those relationships benefited, right? And that we have to keep a right order, which goes back to the earlier conversation. Are we evangelizing so that people may come and be part of the benefits of Christ, or are we evangelizing so that people may come and know the whole Christ yes. and then benefit from all that that means? You know, you mentioned that book. I liked that book a lot, and it was very—for me, it was a fairly difficult book. Had to read over it and over it and over it, and it was—I mean, it was worth struggling through because there was a lot of good stuff in there, Um, but it was a struggle to go through it. I I would encourage the struggle for anybody that wants to give that book a shot. Yeah, that's why I said a a year and a half. It's not one of those that you're going to just pick up and blow through, and I would encourage you not to. You're going to miss it, right? It's a a sit-down and read it, take it— a page at a time if you need to and pray through it but I think it it, def, it, it helped form some of my perspective I, I read it first a long time ago and then you gave it to me I don't know maybe six months ago and then I lost it and forgot to give it back and <laughs> I, okay. I finally gave it back um, but and then so I, I bought a copy for me so that I that I'd have it but yeah it's it's a book that you can read a few times and still keep gleaning information from I'm, I've read it once I'm anxious to read it again I want to read it with my kids um, if I can find a way to do that that's my yeah. next goal with that book yeah that's good yeah so but again that idea that community extends do you know Sinclair Ferguson not personally right but community extends because I'm convinced that this is a good man of God right and so community extends beyond just people we interact with and we're able to learn and grow from other spirit-led people but now we take this book, The Whole Christ, that I don't know Sinclair Ferguson, and you don't know Sinclair Ferguson, but you and I can sit down and have good conversations about Sinclair Ferguson. Right. And you, you've got a, a book club, a men's club, I think, of Friday mornings, and I think you guys went through that book, I think. Um, so, right, sitting and having those good conversations, not trying to agree with Sinclair Ferguson, right. trying to wrestle through one man's thoughts on what it means to... to See the whole Christ. Right. So Sinclair Ferguson's not a perfect man, neither are we. Mm-hmm. But going through that book, we can be discerning and try to gain something from him, and then we're able to interact with each other where we live. That book gets applied while we talk through how it applies to us in our individual lives. And and that only happens in a close community, like in a church or a small group fellowship, or just like we're having this conversation right now. Yeah. Those are those are critical things. And to, to isolate ourselves um, from the church we are a member of or belong to or, or attend is a huge problem. It's just a huge problem. And I think it's easy for us. So we were we were made for community. Yes. Um, and we see it all throughout Scripture that we're made for community. But yet we constantly see how, how somehow through the fall it has made us, and we talked about this in the idea of worship, that we, we tend to worship ourselves and we desire ourselves above all other things. And so then as that happens, we tend towards isolation. Right? Yes. We tend away from community, and sometimes it can be hard to um, to want to meet together. Sometimes it can be hard to um, push yourself into uncomfortable situations to meet together, or even once you're meeting together, to actually open up and share thoughts that others might be critical of, or areas that you might need corrected on, or places that might be hard things that you're uncomfortable sharing with other people. Or even meeting together and talking about things that aren't all, all that important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even to the point of the, the classic is the weather or what I did <laughs> yesterday or how my lawn's growing. Or, I mean, okay, those are, it's not like those are off-limit conversations, but the idea to be to deepen the conversation into something that's, that's lasting and something that drives to opening ourselves up, being vulnerable ourselves. I mean, I'm not super vulnerable. It doesn't, it's not hard for me to be vulnerable about my lawn. <laughs> that's not a big deal, right? But, but other aspects of me, 
I yeah, they're guarded, and, and I need to open that up to other people and, and see that in others as well so that we can develop those deeper relationships. That's important. It is. I mean, it is a being a, a pastor, it is a really safe place for me to stand up front and talk to people, and I can be open, and I can share, and I can share personal things about me, and I can all those things I can do, because even though it might be frightening, it's a safe place because yeah. I don't have to interact. There's not an open time where people can verbally judge and people, right? So it's safe. Yeah. Being in community together is not one way, right? It right. is unilateral. It is being vulnerable, as you said, and it's being open and sharing together. Yeah. So when you, the, the worst way to look at that is when you're standing up preaching, it's one way communication and you're in control of it. So yeah. it's very individualistic in that respect. Yep. And it's very controlling on your part to be doing that. I'm not saying it's bad. That's, that's the way it always is, right? Yes. So that's okay. Yep. And it's good. Yep. That's the way the environment's created. And that's the way God would have it. Yep. Um, he, you, you are up there trying to speak God's words after him and his thoughts after him and convey that information to us. That's appropriate. Um, but yeah, in two-way communication, it's a whole different situation. Yes. So well, we've talked about this idea of community, the important aspects of community, why it clearly is a biblical model to be in community together from the beginning. We see God existing from eternity past in community. We see the the aspect of he creating man to be in community with one another. He sees teaching how to be in community, and then in heaven at the end, we see us again worshiping in community. So this idea of community, critical, important, and in our next pod, we're going to talk about how in some ways it has been and is being uh, destroyed or at least uh, significantly diminished. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs>